Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, I'm Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm host of the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast. What I do is invite guests, guests who have had some kind of history, some kind of story that they are willing to share about their struggle having had a voice. Perhaps it was something early on in life or maybe somewhere just growing up, there was a challenge that they had to face in order to be more of who they can be. And today I get to introduce Claire, Clarissa Burt. Hi, Clarissa. Hey there, Doreen. Good to see you. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, you and I have been getting to know each other. But before <laughs> I launch into asking these questions about your life, I'd like to read a little bit of a bio that you sent because oh, I already just am so in awe of how much you've been able to accomplish already in your life. So let me read a little bit about that. Clarissa Burt is an internationally acclaimed, award-winning media personality, producer, director, writer, author, public speaker, and former supermodel and winner of the Celebrity Survivor Show. That's a big breath. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. Thank you. With hundreds of television and film credits to her name, this who's who of international and American women brings over 35 years of entertainment industry experience in both international and American markets. And her best-selling book entitled The Self-Esteem Regime was just published, and I got it on Amazon, have already read it. And apparently there's an audio book out too, so uh, you've got both options there. And as the ambassador to the United States, she helped actively helped African African women, let me just make sure I get that true because uh-huh. I don't I haven't heard that story but she actively helped African women win the Nobel Peace Prize in yeah. 2011. Oh, you must be so proud of that. Yes. Year. Okay, in June, this is the most recent accomplishment that I got to hear about. In June of 2022, Clarissa was knighted by the Royal Order of Constantine the Great and St. Helen joining the ranks of 350 dames worldwide. So there we go. We're we're oh. we're in for a really wonderful show today because of not only what Clarissa is bringing but just because I've already spoken with her and I know she's so what articulate and willing to be vulnerable and that's what the show is about is unpeeling some layers and just being real. Yeah. Well, we learn from one another, right? That's kind of the way it goes. So when people do open up, you know that it's kind of cathartic for you, but hopefully it's reaching out and helping someone else that might be going through some difficulties. I remember when I, when I uh, suffered very deep and dark depression back when I was about 26 years old, I, I had no idea it was happening. 
happening to me. Remember when I was 26 years old, Doreen, there were no computers, no cell phones, no internet. <laughs> there was no place to go and find out what the heck is wrong with me. And, uh, and it was only by reaching out really that, um, um, even so sometimes some random, random strangers on a bus, um, a couple of friends, um, you know, people, when they, people would say, Oh, Clarissa, I know what that is. It's depression. And I've had it too. Whew. Well, thank you for that because I had no idea why I was feeling so bleak. And, um, and I'll tell you, I think, and I, I can say I've, I've had a couple of different depressions through my lifetime that they're really, I don't think there's a physical pain that is more painful than mental pain. Uh-huh. So, uh, one of the reasons I wrote the book, The Self-Esteem Regime, is because I do understand and I'd like for all to understand the importance of living in and living with happy, healthy self-esteem. But we'll get to that. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, that's a that's a little bit of a uh, forward looking at more that you will be able to share today. And you're right. First of all, <laughs> I'd like to hear a little bit about where you were, where you grew up and what that was like. And because that those formative years do play a part later on, usually, at least in my work as a psychologist, I like to uh, dig deep a little bit deeper and just say, hmm, how did, how yeah. did you first, yeah. what were your first yeah. learnings about voice and being yourself in this world? Voice, the voice that I learned was very loud, screaming voices. So my childhood was was fraught with um, yelling, screaming, violence, um, alcohol, um, and not lots of fun. So um, and when I say that, that, you know, my father was speaking about my dad at this point, uh, was a little bit on the Dr. and Jekyll uh, side. So one minute it was, you know, all the things I just explained. And then, you know, the next minute he was perfect and super dad and lots of fun and all the neighborhood kids loved him. And then the neighborhood kids would come home, go home and my dad would be drinking and then oh, it would all, you know, go to hell again in a handbag. So it was difficult uh, for me as the oldest child to try to navigate between what was happening with my father and then my mother, because they kind of came as a pair. And then my brother and sister to make sure that everyone in the family as for to, to as much to my ability, I could keep everything even keeled and very very peaceful as much as I could, you know, try to keep the kids out of the way, try to make sure my mom was okay. You know, it's, it's very funny. And I didn't recognize this story for years. And that was most of the fighting and the screaming, the yelling, and my father's beating my mother would take place at night after the kids were in bed. Well, I was always a light sleeper. I'm an ADHD kind of kid. It's hard for me. I, I could never take afternoon naps. I'm just not, wasn't what, you know, so I would wake up easily when the yelling and the screaming started. And I heard so many times the beatings that took place and it was traumatic. So I didn't, of course, as a child, you don't, you just, you know, try to navigate the best you can and keep yourself above water. And um, in later years, once my mother, um, even even then, I would wake up in the morning as a five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, all the way through to my later late teens, wake up every morning and go without, before my eyes were really even open, I would go and I would check every bedroom to make sure that everyone was still alive. Oh my, wow. That Every bedroom. My mother, my mother, my parents had separated. They were going through their divorce and we were living just my mother, my sister and myself. And my mom said, Chrissy, do you know that you go and you check the house every morning when you wake up? Mm -hmm. And that's when I found out what I was doing. I didn't know. Because it was an automatic response to wake up every day and go check and make sure everyone was all right. 
Mm-hmm. And my mom told me that she, morning, she said, you know, you go check the house every time, every morning when you wake up, boom, light bulb. And I went, that's PTSD. Yes, yes, yes. And the other part that I'm really getting from you, and I know I'm an older sister too, so I understand that dynamic yeah. of protecting the younger ones and also kind of uh, being the bridge. Buffer, that, yep. The buffer, that's a better word for it. Yeah. And um, those early patterns, uh, I just listening to you, and I'm sure people listening to you who have had this kind of experience are going, their bodies are probably vibrating because actually, you know, that kind of experience that you're talking about is deep in our cells and it lives in our bodies. And just because we grow up and are successful women and running around Mm -hmm. being uh, very professional, it doesn't, it's still back in there. Those memories have energy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I've taken a lifetime to, you know, to work those things out um, and, you know, do the work that I could, you know, every time I would go into a bookstore, remember when there were bookstores, uh, Doreen, it was a beautiful time of our lives. When mm-hmm. We go to Barnes and Noble, we go to Walden Books, we go to Border Books, we could go, bookstores were, were abound because there wasn't the internet yet. And my, my it, when I walked into a bookstore, I was in the self-help section, as they called it now. Now they really call it a little more personal growth or both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, that's where I lived. I never read a biography and an autobiography. I never read a fiction. I never read a romance. I don't even know what that's about, but I was living in the self-help section because it's the only place that I could go to try to make sense of it all, you know, like try to make sense of it all. And, um, and therefore I will tell you one of my, you know, I've had many crowning moments in my life, but one of the most recent crowning moments is when I went to Barnes and Noble and my book is on the shelf and not only is it on the shelf. But it's next to Tabitha Brown, Brene Brown, which has been on Oprah. It's next to Deepak Chopra. Yeah. Um, and and Dr. Joe Dispenza. We're all on the same shelf. A, I mean, B, C, D. Yes. Doreen, you talk about a pinch me moment. Pinch me moment. These are the people that I look up to, uh, I, you know, adoration that I followed, that I, you know, yeah. just studied to a certain extent. And to see Clarissa Burt, because of the B, right there. Well, let me tell you, I, I, I've been proud as punch this past year that the, that the, the really important, because look, everything starts with self-esteem. And if you're not taught by your native tribe what that is and what it means, it's on you to go find out what that is. And life is going to knock you down, might kick you in the teeth, might punch you in the gut. We, it's inevitable. You're not going to get away from that. But what you can do is to set up, make sure that those tools are in the shed, that you have your resources, that you've, that you've done the work. And the work is difficult. The work takes courage. I mean, you're going to take, as you well know, Doreen, you've, you've done this uh, work for a lifetime. Uh, the deeper the dive goes, the more difficult and painful it might become. But boy, oh boy, when you d- go through it and get through that tunnel and the light is this teeny when you first start and then it's big and bright and bold and beautiful as you're coming out, yes. woo, was it definitely worth the ride? 
<laughs> oh, Clarissa, the way you express yourself is really both entertaining as well as very, as well as as well as very profound. And I like the phrase you used about the tribe, the original tribe. That that's where you're right. That's where we learn. So before we move on, just around your voice and this original tribe that you've already described. What would you say was your voice then? Well, let's just, you know, remember the natal tribe is, 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 uh, a, a, they teach us what they teach us. We have to accept that it may not always be right or it may not always serve us for our greater good. So we always go back to, you know, Thanksgiving dinners and we go back for Christmas and we send on Easter cards and all the lovely things we do. We love them where they're at. As we grow and move forward with our own growth, um, it, it doesn't mean we want to vilify them. Doesn't mean we want to make them wrong. We just want to love them where they're at. And there are many other things along the way, our educative process, our faith. There are many different things where we are going to be, there's going to be intake and some of it will serve and some of it won't as we move toward our greater good. Um, and that's going to annoy people. It might piss a few people off. You might, um, um, you might, um, you know, some noses might, may be out of joint, but don't let that hold you back. Don't let that be the anchor that, that stunts your growth. Um, as long as you are living your greater good, not hurting anybody um, on purpose, um, then you should be. You have every right. It's your intrinsic right to live your life in, uh, in happy, healthy self-esteem. And when you do that, you're affecting everyone else around you in a very happy, healthy, positive way. Mm -hmm. So with your message here about moving on in life and doing the inner work. It sounds like, you know, it's an inside job is what I say. Yes. Finding your voice. Talk about, you know, the journey because you began to become aware of yourself being, you said uh, earlier today on our call, the depression, the moment that, uh, you know, you started to realize you were carrying depression. And yeah. that's, that's not a place where uh, esteem, the voice of esteem. You know, I'd like to hear a little bit more about what the voice of esteem is and how you find it, you know, when you're, how do you get through it when you're depressed? Yeah. Like, where really, does the voice yeah. of esteem come from? Super great question. I'd like to think I was always a very vivacious child. I was the one that was chosen as Mary Poppins in the kindergarten play, for example, or you know, I was very vivacious and I, and I, and I, um, always wanted to please and make everybody happy. And I was a talker and I was a singer. I was all over the place and <laughs> I would get a lot of accolades for that. But at the same time in the house, there was, there was a lot of doom and gloom. And I learned from that very early on. I think the first encounter that I had with my father was in Rembo when he threw my mother down the steps and she was pregnant with me and he screamed at her. I hope you lose the baby. Now, uh, you know, I know that fetuses do absorb, they hear and they understand a lot more than we think that they do. And so I knew kind of almost coming in that I really had to buckle my seatbelt because it was going to be a bumpy ride. And uh, as, uh, as um, not Bette Midler, as Bette Davis said. So anyway, uh, I did, I did, I think I started to feel melancholy, mel melancholy more than depressed as a child. Um, it was, well, what do you mean that you're happy now? And okay, that's great, but please stay that way. And then, oh no, you're, drunk and angry again. Don't do that. You know, so there was this kind of back and forth in my little mind as to what was, you know, what was happening. So um, I, I think I really became aware later, a little bit later in life. I, I, it took me a while once I got out of the natal home 
And, uh, you know, I'm running around Europe now and I started my modeling career and all those. And it's a very lonely career that's also, again, full of, uh, uh, of um, not, not regret, uh, but rejection. Um, and oh, so, yes. Yeah. You know, and dysfunction, yeah. probably. Yeah, <laughs> I, there, I was, there was. I mean, if you, I think the other thing is if you look for dysfunction, you're going to find it kind of. Uh-huh. I didn't really have that much of the dysfunction behind the business. Honestly, I really didn't. So I have to come to the business's defense on that. It was not my personal experience. Some of the girls were, uh, of the models, beautiful creatures were. Um, they were drinking and drugging, but you know, these are young, te- you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. I think you can find that pretty much anywhere, especially, you know, college campuses. It's a young time. It's fun time. It's party time. Well, it's um, a time of finding yourself, finding yourself. And it was also, so, you know, there were some of the things that were true there, but it was really, I think if you look for it a little bit more, you'll find it. I wasn't the party kind of gal. You know, I bring the party with me. I am the party. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Well, kind of, but not. Uh, but anyway, I I was never, I was up early and in bed early. And I just wasn't, I just didn't like a party vibe. But it didn't mean that I wasn't learning as, as I went along the way. And so I think it was a very strong sense of right and wrong. I was born into an Irish Catholic family. My parents are very strict and severe about right and wrong, no matter how much right or wrong they did, it was taught to us what right and wrong was, wasn't, wasn't. And I knew your gut will always tell you, Doreen. It always tells you what is, you know, you must listen to your gut because it never betrays you. Be careful what you tell your subconscious because it always believes you. And so these were the things upon which I really, you know, um, I learned, I learned. And that was that I call it, I want to live high. I just want to live high. And I want to live in honesty. I want to live in integrity. I want to live with gratitude and I want to live with honor. And if I can bring those four things to the table, no matter where I go, then I know that I'm doing my job. I'm working on being a better person tomorrow than I am today. And my standards may be a little bit higher um, than others. At least I've been told. (laughs) But I don't think it's okay to lie, cheat, and steal. I don't think it's okay to betray. I, I, it's, that's not living in happy, healthy self-esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you're when you're following your values and the life rules, if you'll call them that, if you want to call them that way, it's pretty easy stuff. Mm-hmm. So my sense is that in you must you mentioned Bette Midler a few minutes ago, and then Bette Davis, yeah, Bette yeah, Davis. Then you yeah. went to Bette, but it, yeah. when you said Bette Midler, I remembered that song of the rose with the seed with yes. uh, the sun's love, and that's what I, I I'm feeling that about you <laughs> that inside there was a seed, and regardless of being, um, you know, like that first image you gave us of being thrown down the stairs yeah. while you're in your mom's belly, but uh, you know, in the bumpy ride that was going to happen for you, but wow, something was planted somehow before you even arrived in this universe. And uh, it it was it was waiting to be what seen grown. Yeah, yeah. And so somehow, what would you say was the wake up? What were the wake ups to that inner voice? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was life's, you know, as we said before, life's great disappointments, lot, you know, the broken relationships, suffering through those, um, with family, with friends, with men. Yes. Um, yes. And it was always, it was funny because I always get, I'm not good enough for you. Or, you know, like, well, wait a minute. Well, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. And so I would have to sort of, you know, I, I was finding that myself on more than one occasion, having to dumb myself down to make sure that I wasn't too much for someone that I wasn't, um, I, you know, I was playing small so that, um, I, you know, I didn't want to lose someone. So I didn't want to be as big and bright and bold and beautiful as, as we said before. And then I just realized one day that that wasn't living in my truth and it wasn't working for me anymore, that my work was so much bigger, better, bolder and brighter, um, than, than, um, than what I was living that I needed to step into the power that was given to me. I want to just hold right there because you said bigger, bolder, brighter, beautiful, those four B's. I just want to emphasize for our listeners, bigger, bolder, brighter, beautiful. Wow. Thank you. It's, it's that important to me that look, I'm 63 years old and I'm alone. I've never been married. I've just gotten over another very painful. I didn't date for 10 years, but then I did. And then it, it ended, you know, not well. But I had to let that go because it was very funny, Dorian, and I think you'll you'll agree uh, or you'll you'll relate. And that is, you know, the book dropped on in November, and I got COVID, so I couldn't do anything about the book until two months after it was published. But the universe went, oh, oh, you want to teach everybody and show everybody you want? Oh, you want to teach everybody else? That's so cute of you, self esteem. Okay. <laughs> Then all hell broke loose, right? I had to say goodbye to a relationship and I was in a fetal, I'm not going to lie. I was in a fetal position for two months after that, but I had to let it go. Um, so the relationship with him ended. Uh, I got sick with COVID. I lost half of the hair on my head for COVID shed. Um, I had a business uh, partner went behind my back and did some dastardly deeds, which re- cut them out. Sorry, I don't, I don't play that way. Um, so it was business, it was health, it was physical health, emotional health, it was my heart. Uh, and one other thing happened that absolutely decimated me. And I'm so glad I can't remember it now. But there was one thing after another, I lost my entire Google Drive disappeared, all my life disappeared. Mm-hmm. Everything was gone. And this all happened within two months. Yeah. I spent Christmas alone, I spent New Year's alone, I went through hell yeah. these last those last months, I'm a little bit farther along now, and I feel much better. But you talk about the universe going, that's really sweet of you. Okay, uh-huh. you're going to walk the walk now. You're going to talk the talk, and we're going to put you through hell so you can talk about your book even better now. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't, you know, the relationship wasn't certain. I lost, I lost a family member. Um, I lost the man of my life. I So much loss. Yes. But at the end of the day, I know that, you know, I didn't do anything wrong every, to every account. No, nobody's told me anything I've done wrong. Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I don't know what I did. <laughs> this is the point. The point is that they talk about the road less traveled or that go the extra mile, right? So sometimes the extra mile is going not going to be as crowded. Uh-huh. And you might be out there and you might be out on that extra mile. And it might be dark and it might be lonely and it might be, uh, you know, raining and thundering and lightning and you're going to be scared as all get out. But then the next day, you know, that sun comes out again and there you are. And it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, so you have to learn how to stand on your own two feet and to know that you are enough just as you are. In fact, hold on. I get so sick of people saying I am enough and you are enough and we are enough and I am enough. No, because if you look up the word enough, it Uh means only as much as is required. Uh Only as much as is required. Now, Dory, Uh I don't know about you, but I know. I have so much more than enough. <laughs> uh-huh. to, and that's what I impart with all of us. So be, don't be telling everybody I am enough. Tell everyone 
I am so much more than enough. Oh, wonderful. Bigger, better, bolder, brighter. brighter all those yeah. B words. Yeah. <laughs> Says as Clarissa as, Burke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Oh, wow. You're so inspiring, both during <laughs> the, the struggle as well as here you are on the verge of saying, finally, in a way, this is my voice, my book, I'm putting it all together. And then the, the, the kind of collapsing of so much. And then, like you say, living, living, talk, the walking, the talk. And here you are many months down the line still this year. You also have to remember, Doreen, you have to remember too, that hurt, as you know, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have in that case with, with relationships, you have like, you know, in for you and for your life, you have three choices. You can give up, give in, or, or give it all you got. Give up, give in, or give it all you've got. And remember that there's nothing that happens to you in life that has meaning except for the meaning you give it. Yes. Say that one more time, please. There's nothing in life that has meaning except for the meaning you give it. Oh, yes. Powerful. Never be a prisoner of your past because your past, it was just a lesson. It's not a life sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Big breath, Clarissa. That's, uh, you know, so so much today. Nuggets of uh, true golden wisdom coming out of your, your, your voice is very um, inspirational. Thank you. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that people get uh, a little bit more about your book specifically and how to find it and anything else you want to say about the book. Well, the self-esteem regime, as you can see, it's a blue cover. And when I first got it back from the publishers, it was three, there's three different iterations of blue and it was pink, yellow, and orange. So (laughs) it's very bright. Uh, kind of like my shirt. Yes. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I wrote back, gosh, you have to be very careful. You know what you say to the publishers. This looks really great, but I'm wondering if you made it three iterations of blue, would men be more apt to pick it up? Because let's not forget, men are not exempt, nor are they excluded from the self-esteem club, right? Um, and no, you never take a self-esteem test, get 100 and you pass. It's not, self-esteem doesn't work like that. So, uh, and, and I've had men read this book and, and just, you know, be really happy and thrilled that they did because, you know, guys are going through it too. It's not just women and, and girls with whom I normally speak, but guys are going through it too. So that's really important to me. And it is, it just is, this whole book is an action plan for becoming a confident person you're meant to be. And I mean, when I say every, as you you saw, every chapter starts with a re word. We start with release and we end with reciprocity and everything in between. There are case studies. There's, there are uh, reviews. We've got Clarissa's corner. We've got the clarion call. We've got all these different shout outs and, and, and homework. And the homework is where the rubber hits the road. That's where the big girls put the britches on and say, why do I call it a regime? A regime is an organized way of doing things. Uh And that means no more excuses, no more baloney. I don't want to hear it. This is get, get the book and do the work. No moaning, no groaning, no, I'll hold your hand a little bit, but not a lot of it. And then you're at the end of that tunnel that I took now constantly going to be what life is always ebbs and flows and the tornado is going to come through. But when you're standing strong in your stead, when you're firmly rooted and that storm comes through, you may lose a leaf, you may lose even a branch, but you're not going to be uprooted and then taken away with the storm, uh-huh. transported away with the storm, right? Rooted. So get the rooted. tools in the shed, yeah. get the tools in the shed. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, people who aren't able to see you because they're listening to this, what you just <laughs> did with your your fingers, you know, you just did this kind of yeah, in the ground. <laughs> the the every single finger was like a root into the ground, and that's what our being uh, is. What I'm getting from you is our sense of self. If we've got, um, I would like you to because release, rebuild, responsibility, replace. You know, some of those re's are, for me were just. Um, I loved it. I loved that there was a a, a format of re because then it just helped me think about other re's like reimagine and right. um, you know what's what just so many re words in it and uh, it. It brought it into my life about owning these words that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm really happy with the, the words that we've chosen. It was, it's been, you know, the, the regime for me was a really important word. And again, an organized way of doing things. That's what regime means. And I wanted to get this into an organized, into an organized structure so that people could read the book either all at once or in little bite-sized pieces. Uh-huh. And remember, like most self-help books or most personal growth books, when you read it today and you read it in the next three days, you're going to know and, and everything's going to land where it needs to land with you right now. What will resonate is what will you will need to know now. If you read it in six months time, which I highly suggest that you do, all kinds of other things are going to pop out of this book that you didn't see. The, I didn't see that the first time. I didn't read that. First. You weren't yeah. ready. You weren't yeah. ready. Good. So, so get in, get your get your hands dirty and the, you know, get in there and get and start doing the work. It's some of it's really kind of fun. And other things you're going to feel, look, there are things that will come up. You didn't even know were stuffed down there. Some mm-hmm. things, you know, you have to work on. Okay. But there are things that are going to reveal them, reveal themselves to you that you didn't even know. Yeah. So how cool is that? You know, when you start to clear up, I know how much better I feel when I clean the house, you know? Throw out the garbage. The house is all nice and clean and sparkly. You just start getting rid of things. As I get older, I'm starting to get rid of more things. You know, mm-hmm. it feels great because you feel so much lighter. You know, you're not as heavy. You're not as burdened. You're not as bogged down. Yes. Well, you're talking about the lightness of being, <laughs> and the the reword you used just a second ago, which I feel like we could end on is the uh, resonate that. In reading the book, I think there's lots to resonate to or with. And what you said about, well, it may not resonate right now, but make sure and stay with it because, you know, tomorrow's a different day for you so that the resonance is um, there available for you. (sighs) Dr. Doreen, you are so calming. I could talk to you all the time. Oh, well, I, I love oh, our, so our the beginning. I just love it. <laughs> oh, well, it's a, yeah, it's something I, I love to create space for people to come into and explore and to reveal, reveal. You, know, see, you got me going with all the R words. <laughs> I just love you so much. And I'm Thank so happy too. that you got to spend time with me today. And Absolutely. Any last words, please? Oh, how, how they can find you. Oh, yeah. The book is, well, the book is on Amazon. You can find it on Kindle as well and on Audible. And you can also find it in the stores at Barnes & Noble. I'm so excited about that. I just think that's the greatest thing ever. But, uh, you know, when you, have those, when you have the vision board, Dr. Doreen, 
screen and you, and you, you know, check, got that off the list, check next off the list. It's a very exciting moment. And I open this up to everyone, you know, create your lists, have those exciting moments, work for it, work toward it, know that you are good enough, know that you can do anything. You know, I say you can do anything. You can, well, here's another thing. You can do anything until you can't. You can do anything until you can't. And what I mean by that is, who do you need to be calling that you haven't? Who do you need to be apologizing to that you haven't? Who do you need to make amends with? What is it that you've left, left kind of hanging? And then one day you come to know that you can no longer do that because that person with whom you've been distanced is no longer on the earth, no longer among us. Oh, well, so I leave that I leave that as another part, because when you are the one, the first one to reach out, the first one to make amends, the first one to want to make it right. It is such an amazing self-esteem moment. You're going to feel so good about yourself for doing it. And you're going to feel so much better about about they're going to feel so much better about you doing it as well. So it's a win win. It's a double whammy. It's one of those kind of things that's going to take courage. And sometimes maybe it's eating a little crow. Maybe you just have, who cares? It doesn't matter anymore. I want to make it right with so-and-so, and I'm going to go do that. You talk about a self-esteem moment. That's one right there. Here's another one that I love to leave people with, and that is loyalty is when you have my back behind my back. Loyalty is when I have your back behind your back. So when you're at the water cooler or you're in your little coffee clutch, whatever it is you do, and people start speaking poorly about someone, you know, I would, I would suggest that you don't, you don't jump in, you don't foment the fire, you take a back, you know, back seat to something like that, take a higher road, um, and do the best you can do what's right, or say, or just come out and say, hey, you know, I know Susie Q, and that's not my experience of her, maybe she was just having a bad day, or you caught her in a bad moment, like I really want to be the advocate for let's make this right if we can. I don't want to be teachy preachy. I just want to be an advocate to, you know, say, hey, do we all have to be so ugly with one another? I mean, do we have to do that really? So that's what I leave you with. Loyalty is when you have my back behind my back. Oh, I hate to end because already <laughs> those those two uh last words or last ideas, thoughts yeah. are ones that I'd love to expand on, but we'll have more time together because it feels like there's, you know, like throwing a ball back and forth that we could play a ball anytime and really have a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Doreen, for having me on the show. I truly appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free 7-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and will return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.